do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. This podcast is brought to you by Ultra Rapid Acting Inhaled Insulin. You're a teenager and you feel like you have your whole life ahead of you. And then all of a sudden, you're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And you start asking yourself, what does this mean? And how is it going to impact my future? Being a teenager is challenging, and adding diabetes on top of it can make it even more challenging. As a teenager, the last thing you want to feel is different, and to be self-conscious about your body and about your diabetes. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you how to build your type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes knowledge is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and on this episode of the podcast, I coach Kyra. Kyra was diagnosed with diabetes four years ago at the age of 17, and since then, she's been struggling with feeling normal. She doesn't want to draw attention to herself with her diabetes, and she wants people to stay out of her business. In this episode, we focus on the sails of Kyra's sailboat, as well as the hull. With the sales, we help her change her mindset around diabetes and figure out ways that she can change her mindset. And with the whole, we help her to develop a strategy to educate folks as well as to set boundaries with them around her diabetes management. If you've ever felt self-conscious about type 1 diabetes in your life, this episode will help you tremendously. Kyra, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and especially your life with type 1 diabetes? Um, well, I was only diagnosed four years ago. Ironically, uh, my twin actually diagnosed me. So that was kind of fun. Um, I've been around diabetes basically my whole life. My older sister's had it for since she was two and she's like 24 now. And I've, my mom's been in that area of work the entire time. Mm -hmm. My sister's been diagnosed. So like I've gotten the hand of the handle of everything basically. Just like mm-hmm. I was diagnosed when I was 17, so I was already having my life kind of start planned out, like what I'm doing next and stuff like that. But with diabetes and finally getting insulin and stuff like that and getting correctly, it has adjusted my weight. Um, not drastically, but almost drastically in a sense um, that I couldn't fit into any of my old clothes. So I had to go buy like a whole new almost like sense of wardrobe and then Mm -hmm. being with it like I've had certain scar tissues with certain like devices and the needles and stuff and I'm trying to work or at least be more comfortable in my own body 
with it and still adjusting to all of that. Yeah. Basically. I have a couple questions before we get started. So you said your twin, your twin diagnosed you. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, well, so we were in track season and so we originally thought it was, she was having joint pains. So we were like, okay, there's, it's probably because you're running too much. And then I was a lot of, I was tired. I was drinking a lot of water, eating a lot. So we didn't really pay much attention to it until like my sister, she was complaining like nonstop for like two weeks and saying like, okay, this cannot just be from track. It like almost just started basically. So we go to the doctor and we get blood work done. And my mom, she's like, no, if one thing's going to happen to the twi- this twin, it's going to happen to the next one. So we both got blood work. And then I guess technically that night we were told or they were told that I was uh, uh, diagnosed with that and didn't tell me until the morning. So. Wow. <laughs> and so, and you, you also yeah. have an, an older sister who has diabetes as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's in your family, and so you're aware of it, but you didn't think it yeah. like you didn't think it happened to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then my twin, she's kind of close to getting it too. So almost all the kids are about to get it. So what do you mean by that? Uh, she's got four to the five antibodies. Okay. To get it. So. So she's wait. She's just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like as a twin sister to to know that your twin? And your and your older sister already has diabetes. You have diabetes, and that she will most likely develop diabetes at some point in the future. What's um, that like for you? I mean, it's kind of hard, but it's like it's another thing that we're connected by. Like once I got diagnosed, me and my older sister, we got more closer because since she had it for so long, she was helping me as best she could because she was in college, so she wasn't really home. She kind of like helped me over the phone and like tried to like maybe I guess say you can do this like be aware of what certain things regarding it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped, and then emotionally and mentally, she just was there as another person. Like I know you have it, so I can definitely go to you for it. And it's kind of hard to go like go to my twin about it because she doesn't have it, so she doesn't know what I'm kind of going through. Um, and it's kind of hard to like talk with my mom about it because yes, she's been in the whole work field and has gone through it and like helped every family. So she kind of understands, but it's like, as a kid, you can't always like, I don't know how to explain it to you. It's hard to explain to people who don't have diabetes. It's the experience of the ups and downs and lows and highs and all that stuff. It's something that only people could diabetes, I think can really understand on the ground and having a sister. Yeah. Well, it's not, you don't want to have your sister be sick. Or I'm not, I, I, should, I shouldn't say people with diabetes are sick, have diabetes. Uh, having someone mm-hmm. you can connect with is so important. So tell yeah. me about what your, the change that happened for you in your life with, with diabetes. You were diagnosed at 17, which is a tough age to be diagnosed. And where did you think <laughs> you were going? And what, what has happened since then? What's, what's been the change mm-hmm. in terms of your mindset, but also in terms of the reality of your life since your diagnosis? Um. Well, back then it was very hard, like for the first, I want to say year, it was like I had terrible mental health. I feel like I was basically in having depression during that time frame mm-hmm. um, because like my weight changed a lot to the point I had to go two sizes, a couple sizes up basically mm-hmm. in my clothes and I had to go buy all this other clothes just so I could fit and 
that and I guess sometimes most people obviously don't understand what diabetes is so they're like oh you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't eat that and it's like well technically I can I just have to cover for it so I'm taking extra steps and it's just that kind of hard because people don't understand so it's how do I not come off mean when I say it? like I can have this and like be direct but like you know, I guess educate a little bit more on it because not a lot of people are and yeah and there's a lot of confusion that, about diabetes and what it means and how what what it means about you and what you can and can't do which is pretty much you can do whatever you want or you can not do nothing you can yeah you have you have freedom and flexibility although in, in your mind that and other people's minds that can be a challenging uh, hurdle to cross mm-hmm. yeah um, so what's going on in your life right now? What are you doing? Um, are you working? Are you in school? Tell us about what's going on there and um, how that different from what you thought you might be doing when you were 17. Yeah. Well, I kind of got, well, it's kind of during COVID time, so we really couldn't go out and do much. But uh, mm-hmm. right now I'm working at an endocrinologist's office just as like part-time to help them out for like, to help with some administration stuff. But uh, I got my associate of arts degree so far. I went to cosmetology school to get my nail license. And I got that, um, the roughly beginning of May. So right now I'm trying to find a job in nails because I, I love that way more because I get to be more creative in in that sense. And that's what I really love to do because I like to paint and draw all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I know, but, I know this is a podcast, so you guys can't um, see this, but I, I can see Kyra's <laughs> nails on this video screen here and they're pretty, they're pretty impressive. They're, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 <laughs> Very hard I, I, to I'm, do. Hard. <laughs> Yeah, they're long, but they're also very uh, colorful and uh, yeah. orient- oriented. Kind of, very cool. Yeah, those are awesome. Those are awesome. You are very, very talented. Thank did you. you. Did you do those yourself? Yeah, I did them myself. Um, I do basically all of my my sisters and my mom's nails at home, so mm-hmm. they get all the whatever details they want and fun stuff. Cool. Without charge. <laughs> How is what you're doing right now? in your life. So working, uh, working at a chronology office, uh, trying to get a job, <laughs> uh, doing nails, getting your nail license. How is that different from what you thought you'd be doing when you were 17? And when you're um, diagnosed with diabetes? I mean, I have to take a lot more steps and like be aware. I make sure I have all my devices and stuff like that. I just switched to Omnipod and Dexcom. So now I have a fun device that looks like a phone that now I have mm-hmm. to make sure I keep it charged and all that stuff and trying to find, I guess, set sites in general, because it doesn't look like I have too much meat on my bones. So it's like, I need, it hurts sometimes. So like keep aware of that and just can't do or go through. I got a lot of things and it's just extra steps in life, I guess, Mm -hmm. to manage it and still do what I want to do. And, just a lot more extra than what normal people, I guess, have to do. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you're doing what you want to be doing and what you thought you'd be doing, but just, it's just taking a lot more, you feel like it's taking a lot more effort to get there. Yeah. Yeah. What about, what, and what yeah. about the changes to your body? You said that you've gained some weight, you're having trouble finding sites that will work for your CGM and your pump. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that affecting you? Um, well, I got a, a quite a bit of some scar tissue, like kind of on my stomach. So I couldn't really put it on my stomach as much anymore. And now I have to wait for that to heal. And then it like just becomes irritating to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I have to figure out, okay, what are some other locations that would probably 
best and then like I'm still trying to get back to a, a goal weight that I want so like, mm-hmm. it's not back how I was when I was first diagnosed but like at a good healthy one and not just higher than you yeah. know a lot higher than what I was before how often are you going low so, um not as much during the winter. In the summer, it's kind of different because it's way, I get really hot. So I end up dropping more. And if I'm moving a lot, mm-hmm. it'll go down. Like when I used to work at a restaurant, I would go low like all the time during the summer and stuff because I'd be moving around way too much. And then I'd have to like, okay, I need to stop for a minute and take a break and eat some uh, sugar, fruit, whatever. But like, then it's like, someone else has to take over my job and then I feel bad for them having to do that and all that. But it's, yeah. So, so I go so a little low, bit more low, high then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so lows are a burden for you because they have to push off your work to somebody else. Yeah. Sorry, you kind of cut out. <laughs> how, how is, how is ha- having where your weight is right now an issue for you? How does it affect your self-esteem, your relationships, um, anything else in your life? I mean, mm-hmm. Why is that a goal for you? Um, to me, I feel like some clothes just don't look right with the way it like it look because I have like it's like a little pouch. So like certain clothes, it'll just it just seems off to me. And and then with the have the Omnipod, if I put it on my stomach, you just see like a bump there. Uh-huh. And I like I don't like to draw attention to myself at all. <laughs> yeah, and like that feels like that's drawing a lot of attention there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not a fan of that. I yeah, hate and 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 that seems like a theme for you right now in terms of what your biggest struggle with diabetes is drawing attention to yourself because of it. So talking about having to explain mm-hmm. to people about your what you can or what that you can't do, um, you know your your uh, pump side and your CGM side drawing attention drawing attention there. You know perception that maybe your weight is drawing attention to certain parts of your body. Um, Mm-hmm. And really, and also all the extra work that you have to do to manage your diabetes that other people don't do in order for you to feel like you can live a normal life. Does that, does mm-hmm. that sum it up for, for you in terms of what you are, um, what, what you're struggling with? I mean, that's a lot, but it sounds, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds like, it sounds like the basis of it is, you know, drawing attention to yourself and being, you know, mm-hmm. needing extra from needing extra attention from yourself or from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What have you done to help yourself to pull away from that, detach from um, the perception that you're drawing attention? Because whether you are or not, you can't really help it. Um, And I know that Mm -hmm. your health is important to you. And so you need to take care of yourself, um, even if you're drawing Mm -hmm. attention to yourself. But um, what have you tried to to help make yourself feel better in in these ways? Um, I mean... So my si- my twin, she is always there for me. So she always like, oh, you look great. You're fine. Like, do you? Like, no one cares and stuff like that. Like, you'll be fine. So sometimes that actually helps a lot more just to have mm-hmm. someone who had been around so much at least saying, like, you're okay. Just do you. Who cares about whatever? It's just having someone else bring that realization to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not overthinking in my head. Yeah. When thinking about expanding your diabetes management toolkit, you may not be thinking about insulin. There haven't been a lot of new insulins to put in your toolbox. 
sure, they're different brands, but nothing really unique when it comes to insulin delivery, except for Afrezza. Afrezza, insulin human inhalation powder, is unique because it's the only ultra-rapid-acting inhaled insulin available. It's a man-made, orally inhaled insulin and is used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes without the need for mealtime insulin injections. Once you inhale a Frezza into your lungs using the inhaler, it will start reducing your blood sugar in about 12 minutes, and it's out of your bloodstream within 1.5 to 3 hours, depending on the dose. Keep in mind that a Frezza must be used with basal insulin in people who have type 1 diabetes. To learn more about inhaled insulin, visit www.afrezza.com. That's A-F-R-E-Z-Z-A dot com. Afrezza is a rapid-acting inhaled insulin used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes mellitus. Afrezza may cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems, low potassium, and heart failure. Afrezza is not for patients with chronic lung disease, such as asthma or COPD. Tell your doctor if you smoke, recently stopped smoking, have ever had kidney or liver problems, a history of lung cancer, or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Most common side effects are low blood sugar, cough, and sore throat. Severe low blood sugar can be fatal. Do not replace basal insulin with Afrezza. Afrezza is not for use to treat diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not take Afrezza if you are allergic to insulin. Talk to your doctor before changing your Afrezza dose. Blood sugar may need to be checked more frequently. I think that's great. Now, I want to talk about two different things here that I think that will really help you. Um, one is your mindset, so the sales of your sailboat, um, that your diabetes management sailboat. And the <laughs> other one is um, your education about diabetes. And I th- it sounds like you know about diabetes really well, but your ability to educate other people, because I think that that's really going to help mm-hmm. you. So let's start off with your mindset. So, so it sounds like you have a perception. Uh, it may be true, it may not be true, that you are a burden that you draw that you draw attention to yourself because of your diabetes and that that's not something that you want. Um, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it sounds like talking to your twin sister who sounds like you were you're really close to her, um, she's giving you a reality check. Saying, mm-hmm. Kyra, it, it, you, what, what you're perceiving is not actually true. Um, you know, you're you're doing just fine and you look great. Um Mm-hmm. How does that how does that reality check help you and how does it what kind of questions do you have for her about that when she does it? Um I really just thank her basically. Yeah. I was like, you know, I kind of needed that like just thank you for helping me get out of my own head and stuff like that because I'm in it a lot just overthinking yeah. about everything and it's just having somebody there is very very helpful. Even if it isn't her, like, I know I'll have, like, a friend will also do that, like, because sometimes most of my friends, yes, they know now. I kind of teach them, give them the basics of it because, like, probably don't want to sit here for a while just just straight up talking about that. Mm -hmm. So, like, they all help me in a sense. Like, that's just all I need is just somebody there to help someone there. So you have all this stuff, all these thoughts, all these emotions going into your into your sales, and you have a choice about how to mm-hmm. how to adjust the sales to help you. Um, but sometimes you don't even know what direction to go in, how, what to do. And so, getting some outside feedback about what's true in my life and what's not true in my life. You know, I, I perceive that I look this mm-hmm. way, or that I that that people are thinking about me this way, and you're in your head. 
we all get in our head. And so, and we have a hard time seeing ourselves in our own head. I certainly do. So getting somebody on the outside to say, you know, this is true. This is not true. This is what's going on. This is what's not going on can be really helpful for you. I would really encourage you to continue doing that as you have thoughts about, you know, your weight, what people are thinking about you and, you know, what diabetes means about you. Um, because my guess is, is that most people don't care. Meaning mm-hmm. you meet somebody new or you have a friend and you, you, you feel like you, you, you think you look a certain way or you think you think they're thinking something about you. Um, it's usually not even the case at all. I mean, think about the last time you saw somebody on the street who had a weird hairdo or, um, you know, had a tattoo that didn't make any sense to you. You may have thought about it for a second and then mm-hmm. you just kept on walking. And then five minutes later, you don't remember the person. And my guess is that that's, if it's happening to you, it's the same thing. People may say, oh yeah, that, wo- that woman has a, a CGM on her arm or if she has something on her arm, what is that? And then they mm-hmm. move on in their lives and they don't really think about it much after that. But when you get your head about it, you're like, oh my gosh, that person saw me. Now they're thinking about me. They're talking about me all day long. And the reality is, is that's mm-hmm. almost certainly not true because it doesn't happen to us. You know, when, when you think about some, somebody in that same way, um, and we all do, um, how long does that last for? And how long do you remember it for? Probably not very long, unless it was super weird or the person was really close to you and you have that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, how do I help that person get better? And it sounds like you have those relationships in your life right now. So that's a great mindset um, way, way to shift your mindset mm-hmm. and to check your mindset um, in your life with diabetes. The other thing I want to talk about, mm-hmm. you, which is something you mentioned a little while ago, is talking to friends or people that you just meet about about diabetes and educating them on what you can or mm-hmm. quote unquote can't do. And what is that like for you? Um, it sounds like it's, from what I heard before, it sounds like it's, it can be frustrating and challenging. Um, is it helpful though? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'd say, yeah, it's very helpful. Like I might would have to go over the same things probably multiple times and that's probably the frustrating part, but mm-hmm. later soon they'll get it and understand like this is that. And then they just keep raising questions and it's great to like teach other people about it. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a couple people who they're like, they have people in their families like with it, but sometimes they confuse like type two and type one. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like one frustrating part is like, they're kind of, they're not the same. Um, Cause my mom says that all the time when she sees commercials sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, it's kind of actually this and this, not actually that. Um, That's a different reason, but like you kind of almost have to do the same things basically. Just. So you know, I want to make two suggestions. I want to make, I want to make two suggestions to you here. The first is I want you to, because sometimes we have to educate people on the fly and that can be stressful because you're like, you know, they say, what is diabetes and what causes it or do too much sugar? And now you're caught off guard trying to explain it. So sometimes it's really helpful to actually yeah. write yourself a script and say to yourself, you know, so, so you have a 30 <laughs> seconds script that you can say, someone says, Kyra, what is diabetes? And, or, you know, you have that, you have the bad kind of diabetes, right? And you can just, you know, you have, you have some talking points that you can use to say, no, I have type one diabetes. It's an autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. I definitely cause it, but I can manage it with insulin. I can eat whatever I want to, period. Um, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that is in, in your own words. And that can be really helpful. I think you can just pull out of your back pocket with, so that these interactions, they may be stressful, but you know exactly what you're going to, what you're going to say. And there's not going to be any confusion there, at least on your part. Um, mm-hmm. the other thing, the other thing I want to suggest to you is setting boundaries. 
you know, people try to get it all up in your business about what you should or shouldn't be eating. I'm not really sure why, whether they want to control you or they really want to help you or they're concerned. I, I it's, it's different for everybody. Um, but mm-hmm. for, for you deciding, you know, who are you going to have these conversations with or, and who are you going to shut them down with? Or maybe you shut them down with everybody because you certainly don't want to spend all your day talking about what you can and can't be eating or what you, or what you're choosing to eat because you're not asking them about that. Um, why are they asking you that you, you have the, you know, diabetes well. And so, mm-hmm. but if, if you're not, if you're not careful and mindful and don't set boundaries appropriately, then people can start walking all over you. And then yeah. you start feeling bad about yourself and very self-conscious. And so by, you know, having a way to set boundaries, say, that's just not, that's me I talk about, or I've got it covered. Thank you. And they, if they keep on pushing, just say, we're not talking about this anymore. Thank you. And just, you know, set those mm-hmm. boundaries very firmly with people that you don't want to, don't want to talk about this. And um, that's a great way to um, kind of keep those conversations at bay when you really don't want to be having them. And then there may be times when you want to be educating people because they're close to you or, the, or you want them to understand what's going on for you. Then you can pull out that script that you wrote. Again, mm-hmm. you know, two or three talking mm-hmm. points that's like 20 seconds long and educate them, call it a day and move on and have them see you as you um, and, and all the beauty and all the, all the talent that you have as opposed to Kyra, the girl with diabetes. Because that's not how any of us want to be seen. So. Mm-hmm. How do those sound? Is, are those sound like things that you can do and that would be helpful for you? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've done that with one of my family members. Like I like kind of cut them. I didn't cut them off completely. Like I just cut off like a more of a of a relationship that we used to have just based mm-hmm. on a a comment that was not a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. As in, basically, what happened is. I was staying at her house because I had to help my grandma and with all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. I had maybe a few more extra pieces of pizza on my plate. And she was like, that's how you got diabetes. So I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I'm going to walk away. Luckily. I, this is why I love my sister. She got straight up and said, no, no, mm-hmm. no, stop that. And then explained everything for me as she was like, you walk away, you go take a minute. And I was like, I love you so much for mm-hmm. having my sister with me for that. Yeah. Like, but after That's that, I like, to... I stopped that whole, it's like, Mm-mm. yeah. And, and, and there may be some people that you want to cut off relationships with completely. But that's not what I'm saying here in general. I think that with people in your life that are there, um, just being able to be set boundaries around that specific area of conversation. Another suggestion that you could, that I can give to you, um, if you don't want to shut it down is respond to them with curiosity. I'm curious Mm -hmm. why you think, I'm curious why you think that. And, and and put them on. I mean, what that does is it, it makes you the good guy and puts them Mm -hmm. on the spot Mm -hmm. to explain their misguided um, views about what diabetes is. And it, it's not, it's, I don't, it's not a matter of like putting someone on the spot and being mean to them, but it's really kind of mm-hmm. showing them that they really have no idea what they're talking about. And, but you're, you're doing it in a curious way. I'm curious, like, why do you think I shouldn't be eating pizza? And uh, well, mm-hmm. you have diabetes and that's bad for you. Well, I'm curious, why is it bad for me? I, I mean, just, and just keep, keep saying, I'm curious why, I'm curious why mm-hmm. and get, and have them explain, have them see for themselves that they really have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, and that's a great, another great way to set a boundary because generally speaking, when people realize that they're, they dug themselves into a hole like that with diabetes or with anything for that matter, um, they'll, 
they'll see that you actually know a lot more than they thought you did. Um, and that, that's mm-hmm. a great, it's a great roundabout way to set a boundary with other people. It can be, it's a skill that you have to learn and you have to like, you know, be on, on your toes to be able to not react with a aggression, <laughs> but a, re- a react with curiosity, but it can be helpful. Oh, great. Yeah. So Kyra, I think your biggest takeaways today are, are two things. What one is get out of your own head and that's check, that's, you know, checking your mindset by getting feedback from other people. If your sister, your friends, your mom, whoever it is who can help you to get out of your head and really see the world and see your world with diabetes for what it is. And I think you're, you're doing that already, but continue doing that. Can you continue leaning into that? Um, and the other thing is to set boundaries in, uh, in either in whatever way you need to in order to keep yourself safe educate but educating is a way of setting boundaries and then letting people know what you are and are not willing to talk about um, around your diabetes and stay firm to that um and mm-hmm. you know if and and react with curiosity and if you do that i think they're going to be in a good place you know diabetes is stressful but you know with these tools um you're going to be in a much better place mm-hmm. well great well thank you so much for joining me today it was a pleasure talking to you and i hope this was helpful for you yeah thank you so much for having me <laughs> you bet at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life starting today to help reduce the emotional burden of type 1 diabetes. And here's your plan of action for today. React with curiosity. Next time someone asks you a question about diabetes or gives you advice that's not helpful, instead of pushing back and saying that's none of your business, ask them, I'm curious, why do you think that? You want to help draw them out into understanding that they really have no idea what they're talking about. And sometimes the best way to do that is through curiosity. This is a skill that needs practice. So set your intention to start asking people with curiosity why they believe what they believe. You may be surprised what you find, and so will they. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.